So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where you get the positive energy you need to help you grow your business your relationships and your mindset if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Yes, let's do this thing. Let's jump in. You guys, welcome to the show. The entire purpose of the SFB Podcast is to help you grow your business. Um, I'm trying to do it right alongside you guys. You may or may not know this, but I am a full-time wedding photographer in the Midwest, Columbus, Ohio. We've got a beautiful studio called Style & Story. Uh, There's a group of us here, and we are kicking it uh, full-time as photographers. And then in the meantime, I host this beautiful podcast, bringing on other industry experts, both in in this industry and outside of it. Really excited about today's guest. Uh, We'll get to that in a minute. To help you grow, to help give you a little bit of that juice, a little inspiration. And I got to tell you guys... It's a Monday here in Ohio, and it is feeling like a Monday. I was just telling Jason and kind of the pre-banter before we hopped on that normally I get jazzed about Mondays, right? I'm like, yes, let's roll up. Let's get to work. It's Monday. It is go time. Friday hits, and I'm usually sad. But I got to tell you guys, today feels like a Monday. I don't know if it's coming off the holiday vibes, and I need to get back into the role of things. But today feels like a Monday, and my hope is this: if you if you're feeling like today is a Monday, and I'm putting like air quotes around it, you know, like the kind of like stigma nine to five Monday vibes. If you're feeling that, my hope is that this episode lifts your spirits, gives you a little pep to your step, uh, and you can go and conquer the day, love your family, and love yourself a little bit better. And so, you guys, today I've got Jason uh, Taves. On the podcast, let me tell you a little bit about Jason. So, uh, Jason and I, we know each other actually from Show It. Jason was a web designer through Show It, and he has gone on uh, to do uh, amazing things. Not that that being a designer with Show It wasn't, but he's gone on and he's kind of moved outside of this uh, photography industry, and he's going to to become a co-founder of Alice Analytics, building AI for personality and behavior insights for video content. Uh, Jason's goal is to inspire other others to realize their full potential of their lives, really focusing in on doing that through AI and through systems. And we're going to spend time talking about AI today, how AI can make you more important than ever before. Jason, how are you doing, man? 
Dude, that was an awesome intro. I'm pumped. You've, you've already you've already got my Monday rolling. <laughs> you know what, too? Here's, I got to tell you guys something. Half the things that I do is not for you guys. <laughs> like, I, you know, I, I would make live content all the time and post up videos and, and images or even the podcast. And half the reason I do this stuff, Jason, is just for my own psyche. Like, I need you guys to understand, if you need it, I need it, right? Like, I need this pep just as much as you guys. And so I appreciate that the attention that you're giving and, and the care to actually pay, like, to, to listen to this podcast because half of it is for myself. And so Jason, I'm glad that you're feeling that already. Yeah, dude, I totally get it. I mean, sometimes it just feels good to get into that flow. Even if you don't feel like rolling out of bed or doing that workout or going to work, like whatever it is, like once you get in it, there's something about just being in the thick of it. So that's awesome. I know. Dude, and I'm trying everything. My wife's on this. Um, so uh, this morning I, I drank uh, like 16 ounces, maybe it was just eight ounces, eight ounces of just like straight celery juice. We're doing like this whole juicing thing in the morning. So we're just starting the day off trying to get just like some straight like veggie juice. And so um, I'll let you know how that goes after I do it a little bit longer. Uh, I, I have this feeling that the three cups of coffee that I had immediately after the juicing uh, probably negated any effects and is going to put me into a world of, of pain a little bit later this afternoon. So we'll, we'll see. I feel like I, if I'm going to go with the juice throughout the morning, I should probably cut the three cups of coffee out. Uh, well, if, <laughs> if, if you think about it this way, I mean, really all that coffee is, is juice bean from juice. bean, oh, right? I, like it's a plant. Yes. So you're, you're all good. I um, am so and, good. And, and our coffee beans, this is a veggie, right? Is this the vegetable kind of? It comes wedding? from a coffee cherry off of uh, off of a coffee tree. So, I mean, technically, it's like uh, the seed of a fruit, yeah, or a pit, like I guess. <laughs> I bet to Dude, someone out there, we, we need to justify it. <laughs> there is a there is a what, what would a what would like a plant scientist be called? Aren't they called something? Uh, like, a, like a botanist? Is it like- there it is. I like your answer much better than mine. There's a botanist listening to the show right now just like shaking their head in disgust. Uh, but I like what you're thinking. Uh, coffee juice. is. <laughs> I'm juicing coffee beans. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Juice. We, we just, tell us about yourself and where are you calling from right now? Where are we talking from? Man, I am in our back media studio, which just got finished at Alice Analytics. We've been moving in over the course of the holidays, and we're in Wichita, Kansas. So building an AI company in the heartland, in the middle of the Midwest, dude, like, you know it. It's it's not Silicon Valley. It's not all the cool stuff. But, uh, you know, we love being in the Midwest, even if it means we wake up when it's dark and we go home when it's dark and the winters kind of are boring and nasty. But, dude... Uh, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at today. Yeah, these five o'clock evenings are really starting to get me down. You know, you I roll in at five, but you know, the sun's already set. Um, it feels like nine. So tell us how you got into this because I know that you started. Um, you started within Show It. So what, walk me through. Because by the way, I am a I'm a Show It user. For those of you who don't know, Show It is um, well. I'm sure Jason can do better, but there uh, they do. I believe both web hosting, but more importantly design, web design. So um, I have my website built on the show at platform. 
and it allows for, I guess, really kind of ease of use for customization, graphic design for your web templates. And um, and I, I adore Showa, and I adore the community at Showa. I think that's the thing that I wanted to say. So we we love the fact that we've got a beautiful website, but I think the thing that I like even more about Showa is the community, is the heart behind their business model. Um, the people who run the company are people I believe in. Um, actually, they have a conference every year. Uh, called United, and it is my by far my favorite uh, conference for photographers that I attend. I make sure that I attend every single year. Um, next year will be no exception. It will be my fifth year going. Um, I've keynoted the last three years, and it is incredible. I just want to encourage you guys. I know we're getting off topic here slightly, but I want to encourage you guys uh, to check out Show It United. I'll get a link in the in the show notes for this, um, but I definitely will be there again this year. Um, show It United. Uh, so anyhow, Jason, tell us about your history with Show It. Yeah, so I really got started with Show It kind of off, kind of on a whim back in, gosh, it would have been 2011. And I was newly married, uh, going to school full time uh, in a degree for mathematics, by the way. So uh, one of those guys. Uh, and yeah. my my sister-in-law, she was like, hey, Jason, like, I'm doing this photography thing. She was actually 16 at the time. She said, Hey, can you like build a website for me? And long story short, I found show it and really just love the platform, love the community and built her website on that. And then that kind of kicked off this creative bent in me, which was like, man, this is kind of fun. Like let's do this full time. And so I picked up one client after another, just slowly being helpful through their Facebook community, answering questions where I could just really fell in love with uh, the people in the community, kind of like what you were saying, um, and, got, and got to see that grow, right? Got to see it grow over uh, about six years um, that I was kind of in that space and uh, built a really successful business uh, doing one-day websites. Um, actually, Michael from Minted kind of helped me kick that off, that idea, and uh he ended up working at Show It for a while, which was really cool. And, and I kind of took the one-day websites idea um, at, at, at that stage when he went to go work with Show It. Um, but it really taught me a lot about optimization, right? If your own business, your own workflow, like how do you how do you be efficient with every second of your time? I mean, I went from like a nine-week build process for most clients. Like that's just what the average kind of took to nine hours, uh, so it was fantastic and it allowed me to travel with my beautiful bride, Shelby. We got to go explore the world together, especially 2014 and 2015 were big travel years for us. Um, we got to go see China, most of Europe. Uh, we go back to Australia every year. Um, I'm a dual citizen. My mom was, was born there. So we really enjoy, uh, that part of the world. It's a lot warmer than Kansas, uh, around January, February each year, um, but yeah, I love I loved show it, love the community. That's kind of how I got into the photography industry. And uh, now it seems like it's uh, coming a little bit full circle. So I joined Alice in 2017 um, as kind of the, the tech guy of the company, understanding how to uh, help lead design and development teams uh, with a focus on product, user interface, user experience, and then also the agile methodology, which is really kind of the key to most development cycles now. Uh, my mathematics background actually allowed me to learn a bunch about AI and the way that we were looking at using it in our technology uh, and, and to really apply that, that uh, kind of school knowledge that I never thought I would use. And we built some initial AI models and 
kind of took those to market in early 2018. Um, and to be honest, like we were in the HR space, uh, human resources, and that's still kind of our long-term focus, but we really didn't gain a lot of traction. And that's where being in a startup is very different than being in a small business. Um, you have board of directors that you're responsible to. You have investors who have given you money and you're, you're being the best steward that you can with that money. And uh, we were really finding out like after a year of pushing this product in market for HR, they weren't really interested in it yet. Um, the interest was there, but they, they weren't making buying decisions. And so like that's been a, a unique journey to, you know, figure out how we're going to pivot and what does that next season look for us as a team? Man, there's so many great parts in there that I want to that I want to go down. Um, and you've been through, I mean, that's a big shift to go from doing or like essentially running your own small business, doing web design through Showy, to then switch into this world of of startups and boards and and uh, oh my gosh, raising capital. I, I I actually I can't even get my head around that. I really can't. It's something that actually really intrigues me and excites me. Um, but it's a whole other space. Um, and so you, you mentioned a couple of things that I, I think it'd be kind of fun to chat about. You did say that, um, one of the things that you focus on was this, I believe it was agile methodology. Can you explain a little bit more about what that methodology is? Sure. So agile methodology really is, it kind of arcs back to Toyota and their manufacturing, uh, process, uh, way back when, which the, the whole principle is just in time design or just-in-time delivery, meaning that like when Toyota was figuring out how to build their cars, like they found the cheapest overall long picture way to do it was deliver the part to the assembly line right before they needed it. So it's kind of the same thing with development is when we're building something in an agile methodology, we don't like plan for everything that we can think of, then go back and like wireframe out the entire product then go back and then start developing the entire product. What we do is we take it in these little chunks. And, and the best way to describe it is, and this is overused if you've heard it before, I'm sorry, but if you haven't, you'll, you'll get this analogy. Imagine if your goal is to get from one side of town to another, right? So the, maybe the easiest way, if you had to build your own mode of transportation, you know you want to get to a car, but the easiest way to actually do that, because you got to get from one side of town to another like today, is to build a little skateboard, right? A couple wheels, it's a board, like straightforward. It might take you a while. You have to do some physical activity. And then maybe you find out like balance is an issue. So you add kind of a, a handle and you've got kind of a scooter looking thing, but you still have to do a lot of work to get across town. So you change that up and now you have a bicycle. But what you're doing is you're always completing that goal. So we take kind of the same process in um, agile methodology, which is what is the most simple thing that we can build? What's our minimum viable product? It does everything that we need to do. And we've designed it, built it, tested it all within a very short amount of time. And those are called sprints. And for us, our sprints are two weeks long. And we pick like, what can we build and demo for the rest of our team and, and potentially push out live to our users in that very short amount of time? So that way we don't have like 50 features being built all at once and it takes us three months to release something like ideally we're pushing to our code base. We're developing new new components live daily. 
Um, so we've got a couple developers on our team and our goal is to be able to push live to code that's being used and touched by our users uh, twice a day. So this is fantastic. I feel like especially this time of year, like we are in this period of time where I feel like for a lot of creatives, you know, uh, this January period is the time to kind of be considering, um, you know, what, what changes are going to occur in the business, uh, where are things moving towards, what to begin to implement, how to implement it. Uh, it's kind of that planning period. And I think that it, it's, um, it's often a little overwhelming. Right. You like look at the whole last year and you're like, wow, that was a bit of a, sh-, you know, <laughs> that was a bit of a show. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so how, you know, I know that changes need to take place for next year. So is this something, this kind of whole agile method that like even a creative could take and, and run with within their creative business within even a photography studio? Oh, for sure. For sure, man. And this is actually a principle that even though I didn't realize I was doing, um, I worked with all of my clients on their website. And if you, if you, Look at what the internet is today, right? The internet and technology is literally all about speed, right? We as users are really forgiving as long as we have our um, our need for speed met, right? Uh, and so when I was working with um, people who maybe you're redesigning your website as a creative or trying to figure out like who you are, there's always this desire and, and I, I, I feel it, right? I've, I felt it building sites before there's this desire to get it right the first time, to be perfect right out of the gate. And, and the best advice I could give to any creative is like, let that go a little bit. Like maybe maybe take baby steps with it. Um, but remember that the best content being pushed is the content that is that you're pushing right now, right? Don't wait to perfect every little piece of it. So if you're doing a new bio on your website, like it's okay if you don't have every word or synonym right for your audience like we're all growing our businesses we're all learning who we are as individuals like just push that content live that was one of the things i loved about show it is i could make a change and turn it turn it live within seconds really and um, i think that's super important and this agile methodology is just that like focus on getting that content out there and then getting feedback from it right your audience is going to tell you if that's like man, that doesn't really feel like who you are. Like, that's not who I thought you were. That's not your voice. Like, what is this? They'll tell you. Um, and, it, and, and they'll also tell you when it's great. Like, oh my gosh, like that piece of content that you push live, like I changed my life today. Thank you so much. And oftentimes this happens through social media, you know, where there's posts we're making. Um, that's probably more of a f- good feedback loop than just publishing something to your website. But again, like, don't wait, just push that publish button. That's, that's the best advice I could give. Yeah. Test, learn, test, learn. I love this. I want to get a link. Um, Jason, maybe you could, well, I, I'm just doing some quick searching right now on the internets and um, there's a lot of information out there on the, uh, on the, um, on the agile methodology. Um, and it would be awesome if you would happen, you know, even as I'm looking through all these things, I'm like, wow, that's, I, I don't know, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. In regards, like what's a, a great consolidated kind of summary of this, um, if there maybe be a link we can get in the show notes, I'd love for photographers to become a little bit more aware of this kind of concept and begin to apply uh, some uh, some of its attributes to helping them do more in 2019 and and do more in a way that uh, maybe it's actually doing less that results in more <laughs> in a way, yeah, right? or even yeah. just do more quickly. 
Um, I'd love to get a link in the show notes for photographers to begin to, to understand some of this. So maybe if, if it would be possible um, to drop over a link to us, that would be great. Totally. And and I'll look, I'll do you one better. I, I think the book that kind of really transformed my mind on all of this is called The Lean Startup. Um, and it's actually from Eric Rice, R-I-E-S. Um, but I'll get you a link for that. That book really leverages um, the lean agile methodology. Um, he talks about a lot of his consulting um, gigs and and how he he was able to take this principle of agile methodology or lean methodology and apply it to businesses uh, big and small. So it's a really great book to read, especially if you're interested on learning more about it and kind of the core principles behind uh, behind that. I love this. I just got to drop this little nugget in there because there's two different types of people who may be listening to this podcast right now. There's one of you who your eyes are starting to roll to the back of your head and you're like, oh, great. I just wasted the first 15 minutes of my drive listening to someone who's in a different industry talk about some method that isn't going to help me grow my photography business. And then there's the other person who's like <laughs> super jazzed about the lean startup by Eric Rice and is already buying it on, on Kindle right now. <laughs> and I just want to encourage you. The, the, the things, the people, the, the, the books, the, the knowledge that I have learned that has helped me grow the style and story studio has grown me to even to the point that I am today has, I would say 90% of it been outside of the industry. And so these episodes that we're bringing, we're talking about these different theories and concepts and, and ways to, to do more and to, like, uh, I really want to encourage you guys to dial in on this stuff. Uh, because there is probably something within this that could change your year. And I just want to uh, just say that, right? I want to call call you into that, that it might have nothing to do with wedding wire, with F-stops, with Facebook ads, with whatever it may be that you think it's going to be. And it may have something to do with the conversation that is occurring right now with Jason. So anyhow, that's it. I just wanted to pull you back in because there this agile methodology could be something really exciting for you. Um, uh, Jason, I, I love what you said about this, that there's never been a day, a better day to do what you love uh, than in 2019 with the help of AI and with systems. Now, I know that you're really deep in this whole AI thing. And it is such an, like, when we talk about AI, I just, my mind just goes, wow, that's for people who are like way smarter than me. Um, <laughs> where are some ways um, that, that you're like seeing, I mean, it's like everywhere, but like, what are some things that you're really dialed into in regards to AI and, and systems, maybe even interrelated, um, that you're seeing help creatives? Totally. Well, and to lead this off, I mean, again, for those of you who are creatives and AI seems like this big, scary thing that maybe hear like negative press about AI or AI is going to like end the world. Right. Um, uh, first couple. Well, you think about like Instagram, yeah, uh, little like face mask thing, like the what are they called? The filters that yeah, like, yeah, the, like the yeah. animojis. That, that's yep. what I think when I think of like AI, and I know it's not AI. I know it's like augmented, but it kind of I don't know what the interrelation between those things. But I just think about like the augmented reality and like Snapchat. That's <laughs> like yeah, and I'm just like oh, I'm so glad that someone made this. This is cool. Yeah, no, there's some awesome uses of AI happening right now. And and first things first, like. AI has really been happening for a long time already. Like it's, it's been in the research phase. It's actually been used in products like Google's been using it in their search algorithms, like AI and algorithm at the end of the day, 
all the AI is, is this really long mathematical process of teaching a computer how to replicate something that we as humans do with our mind, right? So it's not a specific, like, run this program when this happens. It's teaching a computer to replicate some mental process that we as humans would, would do. So, for example, you take a photo and we've got to find the bride's face in that photo. Well, we can teach an AI algorithm that, okay, it's, it's maybe a, a female looking face um, within that photo. Um, maybe she's wearing a white dress, like all these things. And AI can like teach itself, like this is the actual face using facial recognition of the bride. And so that's just done through a long string of math. Um, and there's some really cool uses of it out there today. Uh, one of the most interesting things, I think, especially as it relates to photography, um, is this idea of taking an old black and white photo, right? Like there's something cool about these historical photos. I was just looking at a few of my grandparents back in World War II. And like, man, what would it look like? What would it feel like to be in that world of color? And we've seen like these professionals like go through this long Photoshop process of colorizing photos. And it's really cool at the end, but Google's actually found a way and is really working to perfect this even on their camera app within like Google photos or uh, their Google camera app to colorize that photo from black and white. So you can take this Ooh. black and white photo and Google's AI will colorize that photo for you and bring it up to like this new world of, of color. And it like looks really cool. So it doesn't work for all use cases, obviously, and they're still working at doing that. Uh, another company that's also done that, and you can go and demo it online like right now if you want to, is a company called Algorithma. So if you go to algorithma.com or just search algorithma black and white to color, um, you can upload a black and white photo and they'll take their best stab at colorizing it for you. And you know sometimes you get some pretty hilarious results. Um, but most of the time it works really, really well, especially if it's a true black and white, uh, photo. This is wild. I'm so I'm, I'm just, I'm being incredibly active. Uh, while <laughs> you're, you're already while doing you're now, aren't you? I'm like looking this up right now. This is so cool. I'm also going to get a link out in the show notes to this. Um, incredible, incredible, uh, interesting, man. Well, and it's, and it's so cool to you- see how AI can take like this process, which used to be like extremely monotonous and like it takes a high level of skill. Um, but you can really te- and, and what it, what's happening behind the scenes is the computer is looking at it pixel by pixel by pixel. Um, and it says, okay, this pixel is kind of grayish white. And this one's like really dark gray. And then it says, after it's looked at that whole photo, it says, okay, like, here are the colors and we can go like real deep into the RGB and like each, each shade. But at, at the core of it, it's going pixel by pixel and estimating or trying to predict based off of all the other photos that it's learned from in the past, what that color should be and what the color of the pixel next to it should be. And then it just does that for the whole photo. And that's kind of where that magic happens. It's nuts. I'm, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing it right now. And it is just completely mind blowing. (laughs) Well, and the other space that's really sorry to, to jump into it even, even further. Um, the other space that's really intriguing is facial recognition, right? So if you have a camera and the camera has been like pulling faces out of your people for like 
I don't know, years and years and years. I remember seeing it years ago on like a little point and shoot, like here's the face of so-and-so. We think it's a face. You tell us if it's a face. Um, but that's essentially kind of the early days of what this facial recognition was. Um, Google's really obviously probably the leader in mastering this because they've got such a deep um, user base of people like tag, well, Facebook too, tagging faces and photos. Um, but any of these kind of social media platforms that have that advantage of like, hey, this is someone's face, uh, I'm tagging that person in this, they're going to be able to pick out faces and crowds uh, really easy. Now, you can go kind of scary with this, uh, like what China's doing, which is integrating it into schools. And the, the reason they're doing it, which is somewhat innocent enough, is to just take attendance, right? So they wanted to offload this manual process of taking attendance for all their students every day to just have a, a camera in the back of the room or at the front of the room, just say like, all right, here's all the kids that walked in today. Here's all their faces. Like there's three people missing. Um, and, and the teacher doesn't have to worry about that anymore. It also helps them determine like which kids are paying attention to like what's being taught in class and which, which kids are maybe struggling with it. I'm already, I'm like, I'm yeah, already you still like, this is the difference between like countries who who their whole system society is all set up a little bit differently than ours. Um, and then maybe it's scary, maybe it's wrong. I don't know. But at the end of the day, like this is this is where we're going. And it's it's going to be this new world of optimization of these kind of menial tasks through algorithms and then how do we do that in a safe way in a responsible manner and so that's one of the things that's really core to what we're doing is building ai responsibly you know protecting um kind of the hot topics right which is like uh protected class candidates uh minorities right so making sure that our ai isn't racist or sexist or um you know going to go do crazy things without our knowledge um and this is where transparency is super important uh, and really key to all of this. But that's kind of some of the futurist stuff that's happening right now with AI. All right, podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick pause here in order to give a thank you to the supporters of the SFP podcast, because if you're listening, it likely means that you have a small business or you know someone who does. And if this is you, you are wearing far too many hats. And some of these hats are amazing, right? Like being a photographer, but some like filing taxes, running payroll, not so great. This is where Gusto comes in. This is the solution, you guys. Gusto, G-U-S-T-O, Gusto. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small businesses. I used to be on like an old school payroll processor from like 1982 and it was terrible. Gusto now has fast, simple payroll processing. Uh, this is the really cool thing. They automatically pay and file your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Um, they make like, like W-2s, sending out 1099s, uh, incredibly easy to run. You guys, those old school clunky payroll providers, the one that I was on that I just left, uh, they just weren't built for the way that the small modern business uh, is meant to work, but Gusto is. You guys, no joke. I got really excited because I switched to Gusto before they contacted me uh, to come on as an advertiser. I'm like, this just makes sense. I actually use this thing. Um, the really cool thing too is everything is online, like the ability to sign, store, and organize all the employee documents. It's all online. It's all in one place. 
face. You guys let Gusto wear one of your many hats. Uh, it gets better because for you podcast listeners, you get the first three months free when you run your first payroll. Try this demo out for yourself at gusto.com forward slash photo. That's gusto.com, G-U-S-T-O forward slash photo. Look, we're going to stay on theme here and keep talking about giving you guys solutions for all the things that are terrible to do. Um, so you guys remember when you started your small business, right? Like it was no small fee. Uh, you're spending uh, late nights, early mornings, the occasional all-nighter. Bottom line, uh, ever since then, you've been insanely busy, right? And so one of the biggest challenges uh, is invoicing and it's accounting, Right. Let's make things a little bit easier in 2019. Our friends at FreshBooks have a solution. FreshBooks, this is invoicing and accounting software designed specifically for you as small business owners. It's simple, it's intuitive, and it keeps you way more organized than the dusty shoebox filled with crumpled receipts. You can create and send professional-looking invoices in 30 seconds. And then the best part is uh, get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. Uh, I love that part. File expenses even quicker. Uh, keep them perfectly organized for tax time. And the best part is this. Like, as your business continues to grow, which it will in 2019, let's be honest, you're going to always have the tools that you need when you need them without ever having to like figure out or learn all this accounting shenanigans, right? So you guys... 24 million people are using FreshBooks. Try it out for 30 days free. There's no credit card required. There's no catch. Uh, go to freshbooks.com forward slash photography, freshbooks.com forward slash photography, and then enter six figure photography in the section where it asks, how did you hear about FreshBooks, right? Make sure you get that part down. When it asks, how did you hear about FreshBooks, enter six figure photography, you're going to get your first 30 days free. I'm excited for you guys to check out FreshBooks. All right, let's get back to the show. I think that when we talk about AI in regards to the photography uh, industry, there's a lot of hesitation, maybe like distant worry. I don't want to. I don't want to give a feeling of too much of doom and gloom, but I think there's this distant, looming fear of like, okay, when is when is it going to be too much? And when I say too much, I mean from just like from a business standpoint where the, the average consumer has as much, you know, power, <laughs> maybe yeah. we'll say power, I don't know, uh, yeah. opportunity, ability to photograph in a way that begins to really impact our industry. And, and some people probably argue it already has. Um, I have not felt that yet with the way that we've particularly positioned our brand. Um, I guess, how can we leverage AI and stay ahead of it and, and utilize it and tap into the opportunities that it presents rather than kind of holding back uh, with fear of, of what could be? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I, I honestly, like, I think we're at a turning point um, in, in kind of our society of small businesses and entrepreneurs. And I say, I think, because I obviously didn't live through uh, the internet age uh, as it kind of came to fruition in my career, right? I was just a little kid. Um, but think about how photography had to change and transition in the advent of the internet, right? I mean, if, if you would have told somebody, a photographer, 20 years ago that they could take photos, it would digitally save to this black box they had on their desk, 
It would be uploaded online within a matter of minutes, and then anybody around the world could buy that photo or could buy their services and pay them to travel to the other side of the world. Like that's that's an insane idea back then, tw- just 20 years ago. Now, look at where AI can have the same type of disruption, right? It's taking a lot of these menial tasks um, that we have to do every day, whether we're a photography business, another type of creative, or just in business in general. And it can offload a lot of that work so that we can focus on articulating our message, telling our story, and being able to kind of curate the craft that we have. And I'm not talking about AI that takes better photos than us or AI that builds better websites. Like there's always going to be a space for that. And that's fine. It just makes us as craftsmen and women focus on what we do best. And that is our humanity. And I think AI is actually this really incredible force to say like, this is what makes us human. This is what makes this piece of craft, this this photograph, like this is the human layer, the element that decided to take that photo right when the bride decided to dance with her dad, right? Instead of like that first kiss, like maybe that's what the AI would have taken a photo of, but the bride's like, no, like that's a great photo. Like it's cool. But really the one that means the most to me is my dad and I dancing because I haven't seen him for 15 years. Like that's something that you can't, really leverage other than, you know, you as a photographer just got to know their story and like take it a little bit further. So I think that there's ways for us to take like the business side of our creative businesses and leverage that with AI, right? Like it allows you to further your reach, get more engagement, um, spread your message, which is human, something that AI can't recreate effectively. And it helps you broadcast that further and faster. Yeah, in a lot of ways, it it, in, it um, puts more focus on empathy and humanity. It actually it it makes it more valuable. It draws yeah, it out. Totally. You know what I mean? Like it it almost sifts through the mundane. And yeah, sure, a robot could do that, and then and puts more importance and value. And so I think in in some ways it's gonna while it will disrupt and it will change, um, it it will if anything create more value to the photographers who are. Um, more in touch with humanity and more in touch with empathy. And it's not just about the the pretty photograph, right? There's something um, much deeper to it. Um, I totally, yeah, I totally get that. It's a, there's a certain contrast contrast principle that is going to begin to take effect where right now, like there's a lot of lukewarm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Um, well, do we live in a so, noisy world? Like we live in a world of like perfection, Instagram photos And it's just like, oh my gosh, like we see so much of it, like that's kind of becoming the norm. But what is the story behind that photo? Like it can't just be a pretty picture anymore, Um, much like when um, the non-digital photographers were just relying on this client and customer base that they had built up over the years. And then all of a sudden, these new players with internet photography businesses were stealing away market share because they could communicate their message, their humanity, and empathize with somebody who's like, man, I, I totally get it. I would love to do an elopement wedding on the side of a mountain, and I don't need to use a Denver photographer for that. Like, I could fly someone out from Kansas because they're cheaper, and they did it themselves, and or maybe they're more expensive, but they did it themselves, and like that was their story, and I love that story. They're going to be the ones to capture that moment the best. 
Yeah, it's it's it goes back to you know I often say like I think the the barrier to entry is great images, and that should be the easiest part of this gig. And when I say great images, I mean uh, objectively technical great images, right? Yeah, like totally. Everything is it just it's sharp, it's well exposed. You, you know, you're it just looks good. It looks good. That's the barrier to entry. But it's like I if you want to become a better photographer in 2019. It's a fun conversation that we're having as we're talking about AI. It's like it's it's becoming more empathetic and becoming more dialed into humanity. That that is what it's going to take, right? I think like that's the focus of 2019. Yeah, um, totally. Not necessarily how do I, you know, I mean, but I guess the double-sided coin is, but you still need to be able to have go images. So maybe you still need to learn that stuff. But it, I guess it should be the easiest part. Right. Well, I mean, if you look at a lot of the photographers who have gained, um, you know, rapid amounts of success or popularity, right? Like, I mean, I, I understand the space. There's, there's a lot of people that kind of are rising stars and then after a while they kind of t- trail off. Um, and it's not that they're better photographers or better business people than others, but at the core of it, they've got a story that they've told really, really well. Right. And they've connected with people to a level in which they're willing to like continue consuming their content, continue engaging with them, maybe buy that course that they just put out. Even if it's not the best course out on the market, it's the story and that, that human connection that's really been able to uh, be told through that. And I, I, I think you've got a great point. Like the technical component of photography is that barrier to entry, right? It's, it's kind of like, showing up to a math class, like you've got to be able to add, subtract at the end of the day. Um, but going further than that, working on the business components, like, and that's the stuff that as creatives, like often we don't enjoy doing like, all right, I'm supposed to post to Instagram how many times today. And like, what do I need to put on there? I've got all the photos, but like, what's the like right number of hashtags and like, how long should this little video be? Like all those technical details, gosh, it's like the monotonous stuff that we don't want to think about. We just want to be able to say, I've got this awesome story to tell. Here's the content. Let's push it to our channel. Let's push it online. Let's, let's tell this story because at the core of what we're doing as creatives is just documenting these moments in time that have meant something to us and hoping that it brings value to other people. Like that's like, that's why I'm here today. Right. I I hope that some part of my story resonates with somebody and can bring value. And if it does awesome, that's, that's fulfilling to me. So content creation is critical in marketing, right? We've seen this, you know, through the last half decade, I mean, prior, I mean, I guess this is just marketing in general, but it's like, it's become, it's ranked to a degree that it cannot be ignored. You know, as we head into 2019, content creation is an absolute must if you're marketing. And so I feel like this is the opportunity for AI to really shine and for us to begin to become dialed into it and leverage uh, the opportunities that we have so we can be more creative, so we can be more empathetic, so we can become more dialed into humanity. And so as we consider that, how, how are, how, what are some ways that we can begin to um, be using AI in regards to our content creation, in regards to our marketing campaigns? Yeah, man, that's a, that's a huge, huge question with a ton of answers. Um, there's a couple of really cool tools uh, that I think are out there. So since we're on a podcast right now, and I know we're not doing this in video, but 
if anyone's recording video content or maybe doing podcasting themselves, like one of the hard components or not necessarily hard for some, uh, for me, it's hard, uh, is the post-production process, right? Like, so how do we edit stuff? How do we get everything synced up and lined up? And, and sometimes it can be kind of a mess. Um, one of the tools that I've been really intrigued by is this tool called Descript. Uh, we can we can get a note uh, or a link in the show notes, but it's D-E-S-C-R-I-P-T dot com, Descript dot com. So essentially what they do um, is they allow you to edit some of that content um, just by recording something, whether it's a video or audio, and then they take it to like a word processor style, right? So they transcribe what you said. And then you can go through that transcription and say like, oh, I said uh here and maybe this sentence is not really what I want in my podcast. So let's just cut that out. So you select that part of the sentence and you delete it and then it edits your video to match that. So it's super cool. Now, uh, their pricing model is pay by the minute uh, kind of deal so that you're, you know, if you've got an hour long podcast, like I forget exactly what their pricing is, but you, you kind of go through that process of, of paying for how much content you want published. But it's a real highlight of AI working in the background to actually listen to your content, figure out what words are you saying, transcribe all that content and then present it to you. So, okay, th- this is what I said. Here's my video. And then when you say, like, delete this section of it, um, then it goes back into your video and says, okay, you know, where did that word start? And where did this word end? And, okay, we've got to delete everything in between there. So, like, it's a great example of, of how AI can streamline that process. So, maybe your post-production or editing process for something like that would take 45 minutes or an hour and even if you can shave off half of that time like what would you do with an extra 30 minutes in your day it's powerful i love this even as we're recording right now uh if there's any podcasters who are currently listening um there's an amazing tool that we use called zencaster and what zencaster is the reason we we love zencaster for these podcast interviews is it first off records um, like Jason's audio separately, my audio separately, and then it has a built-in um, uh, uh, what would be that like auto processing mm-hmm. that it's going to listen to all of Jason's audio. It's going to cut out the noise. It's going to level his audio in case there was any variations. It's going to go through all my audio, cut out the noise, balance it all out, level it out, normalize it, and then it's going to merge our audios together and then balance our voices out. And that used to be a process that I was doing inside a garage band or, you know, a premiere or what is the audition. And uh, now with the click of a button, I can have this audio put together, uh, you know, in a, in a perfect way. Um, it's such a great use of it. I've, I've started to see Google, like Google now has like emails. It's like it mm-hmm. auto starts to auto write your emails. <laughs> have you seen that? Guys? Yeah, I use that. And, you know, I... Let me put it this way. Like I, I gave in to the Google monster a long time ago. Um, when it comes to like data, what they know about me, whether it's reading through my emails or whatnot, like I, I get it. They have it. I'm willing to like have that free service for it, but I love using all of these cool little products. Like I'm just a, I'm just like an early adopter, a tech nerd. Like it's fun. I totally use it. Yeah. So, um, so then outside of this, you know, I see, um, 
Look, as, as far as like marketing goes, I, obviously there's uh, there's the, the, the content creation on on social media. You know, we could say social media. I think for the photographers, there's probably a unanimous yes that it's Instagram in terms of organic. Mm-hmm. I think we then look at Facebook in terms of advertising, um, running those ads. But then outside of it, you know, it's it's the it's the video creation. You know, and, and creating content for your website. Um, is there any, uh, are there any other maybe, um, AI systems out there, any applications, any, any ideas or tips that you might have, uh, for tools we could be using to, whether it be, um, streamline the, the creation of the content, streamline the publication, the maximization of getting yeah. it out there, yeah. um, a greater reach, greater engagement. Um, do you have any other, uh, maybe things that, and look, maybe it's not fully dialed in yet. Right. Yeah. Because even the stuff that we're talking about, you know, like the Google auto <laughs> uh, population on email, like I'm not going to trust that to, to write out, you know, a quote for a, for a new client yeah. and just click send. But maybe we should be aware, you know, and at least begin uh, to, to start looking at some of this stuff so it doesn't just sneak up on us suddenly. Yeah, totally. Well, let me ask you this question. Do you think that the listeners who are listening at, you know, whatever moment it is in this podcast, kind of towards the end, do you think that they're the kind of people who really enjoy like that new thing to try out, like maybe are early adopters within their space? You know, I think that uh, being within the creative industry, within the tech industry, yes, to an extent, I think that they're, and this is me speaking, I'm like speaking for you listening right now. Uh, my, my assessment listener is that you're excited about new opportunities, that new things like uh, they kind of get us like, oh, this is cool. This is a new thing. Have you seen this? Right. But it won't be the ones to rush out necessarily and buy it. Right. right. It's right. like, oh, I get um, it. We'll go and we'll test it and we'll see, like, does this fit for my business? Does this fit for, especially, you know, we're all little small businesses. So, with the unique, small, niche way that I currently run my business at home, does this actually fit? But I think there is a, a great degree, there's a great level of excitement uh, to kind of be aware of what's occurring and to test stuff out and to see, uh, you know, does this have a place? Um, I think that would be the assessment. How do you, I, I don't know. What do you think about that, Jason? No, I, I think as a listener of your podcast, uh, I, I'd say like uh, maybe this is my own bias that, yeah, man, I, if there's something out there that can help me improve my creative business, like I, I'm always willing to try it out and then just see how it goes. And then maybe down the road, it makes sense to pay for it if I use it a lot and it's really valuable to me. Um, but the reason I bring that up is so – between you and I, and I guess now all of your listeners, uh, we're, 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 we're working on, shh, guys, don't tell. Uh, we're working on this really cool um, product internally that we're releasing into beta here in the next couple months. And so we are looking for testers. We're looking for those early adopters to say like, hey, this is how I would envision using it. Um, I like this. Maybe I'm not um, ready to pay for it or I want to be an early adopter so that I get maybe the best rate, you know, a year from now or whenever, like it becomes a paid product. Um, so like we're looking at finding those individuals and, um, and and getting some feedback from them. So I'll give you a link, but okay, uh, what's it do? Just tell me what it does. <laughs> yeah, um, it's the, the whole goal is to maximize your engagement and your reach um, and if you're spending money for ads on Instagram, 
So it was actually over Thanksgiving. I was I was looking at like, okay, I'm doing podcasting in the new year. I'm I'm getting my tool stack figured out. Like, what am I going to use to put captions on on the videos? Right. So I'm videoing my podcasting, then stripping the audio out. What am I going to use for the caption process? So that when people see that little clip on Instagram, you know, it's 10 seconds or maybe it's a minute long, like they know what I'm saying because sound is always off on, on those videos unless you manually turn it on. Um, so I was like, okay, like what's an easy way to do this? And I found, read all the forums and the blogs and it's like right now, the best way to do it and to make it look good with high production quality is like bring it into Adobe Premiere or uh, final cut and like you do this whole post-production process and I was like man that is not me like I hate that stuff and so I was like okay like there's got to be some other tool an app out there something where I can just upload a video it captions it for me it sticks it on the video itself and then I can just post it and there wasn't can I share a story too sure we do some marketing videos and this was really frustrating we do some marketing videos and I they asked uh, they were going to post it to Instagram and they they were like hey we, we need for engagement we need to have it to have captions on it and so I went through this in Jason and I I'm, I'm a terrible typer uh, <laughs> and so I'm listening to everything I'm typing out every word and I'm and I'm doing it inside of premiere and you know and there's ways with yeah, uh, yeah. with captioning in premiere there's tools that help to make it easier, but it still is a, it still is a manual process. Let's be real. And yeah. I get to the end and I send them the video and I finally finish it. And I'm also, by the way, I'm doing it in airports. It's like, Hey, they need to launch <laughs> this thing. It's go time. And so I'm working overtime to try to get this thing typed out. My wife's like waiting for me at, you know, at a restaurant while I'm like freaking out, trying to get this thing typed into the, to the internet to upload it. And they see it and they're like, ah, no, nah, I don't really like it. Never mind. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, really? Yeah. Really? Dude. Anyhow, so if I could have only just like had something to at least create a, a, a beta, if you will, just like, hey, this is what it's going to be like. Yeah. Anyhow, please go on because this could have saved me not only time, but also uh, a, a lot of contention between my wife and I in that moment. Uh, <laughs> we made our trip a lot better. Yeah. Well, in, in like, I don't know how long your content was, but like if it's longer form content, like 30 minutes, maybe even or an hour, like, man, that's a long process to go through and transcribe all of that and then match up all those words to that second, that frame that you're actually saying it. And so I was like, okay, there's transcription services out there, right? There's things that I can upload my content to and it'll give me back, you know, what's being said to a general accuracy. It's not perfect, but, you know, I can make some quick edits and it's good to go. But there's nothing to layer that transcription onto my video so I can upload it. So we said, guys, like we've got this technology here in house, like we built this transcription service. So what if we create something where Instagram users primarily um, can take that 15 second uh, story video that they want to upload or that, um, that, that three minute video that they want to put on IGTV, they can open up their phone, record the video, upload it to our service. We transcribe it, show you everything that you said, and maybe there's a few words wrong here or there, and you just quickly change them, type them in so that they're right. Um, and then be able to layer that transcription on top of your video as a caption. So just the same way that you would type something out for an Instagram story, but it's kind of static and boring. Like ours would just scroll along at the same pace as what you said. 
Um, and then it's right there on that video. You can save that video to your phone or upload it directly to your Instagram account or story. So that's that's kind of the vision of what we have. So that 15-second piece of content that you wanted to create doesn't take 45 minutes of post-production to go line up all those words, even though there's not much of it. Like you could do it in a few minutes. And um, that's, that's really where we want to create more time for people to just push out more content and to have higher engagement, right? Like Facebook did an internal study saying like, hey, look, of all the videos that we're seeing being uploaded to Facebook, being uploaded to Instagram, the ones with captions, because we're a sound off by default uh, platform, gets 12% higher engagement. Right. So if you're an influencer, that means 12% higher return for the brands that you represent. If you're marketing your company and you're spending dollars on video ads, that's 12% more ROI. Right. So like there's a huge impact uh, for people who really want to grow their, their story, their, their channel, their audience, um, just by using captions on, on videos. So. We're working to create. And I some- just think about my own behavior. For me, that that number is much higher than twelve percent personally. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, I don't know. That's I'm just thinking about myself and the amount of times that I'm watching videos where it's on mute, it's on silent. I'm lying in bed and I don't want my wife to know that I'm watching videos and I'm not watching the TV because then she, whatever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah the show's great, honey. And yeah. I'm actually just watching like some sort of. You know, but you can't what I'm talking about. Like yeah, there's yeah. all these times that I think we actually turn we we watch content on mute and we're just reading it and uh, and engaging with it. Um and it's it's something that I currently don't do that I I I, I ought to do. And and it's staying ahead too. You right, know, it's like right. the the content that will take off, the individuals, the businesses, the promotions, the deals, the ads that you're gonna run that are gonna take off are gonna be the ones that you really kind of dial in these these things. Interesting. This is exciting, man. Right. Well, and and here's a huge advantage, right? Like we're on the cusp of this kind of stuff being like standard, right? So right now it's like, oh, we should all do this. Like we know we should do it, but nobody really does it because it's it's just a long, clunky process. It's a long and clunky for everybody. But this is where AI and the use of AI can take something that's long and clunky and make it actually super fast and easy for anybody to do. Now, the downside is if you don't do it, like you're now competing with everybody else who's like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll use that AI platform. I'll do it. And, wow, I, you know, I'm seeing this explosive growth and reach. Um, but it's like you said, it's, it's going to become kind of the, well, like, you just have to caption your video content now, right? Like it's like being a great photographer. You have to take great photos to begin with. Um, so I think that we're going to see like some of these processes become more standard, especially in 2019. Cause I think 2019 is going to be a year where it's contextual content that you're putting out, right? So it's volumes of content, not just like I'm producing one awesome piece. Now I'm producing a piece for, you know, everybody who goes to, um, you know, Wichita State University, I'm producing a piece for all the engineers in Wichita. I'm producing a piece for all the creatives in Wichita. It all says the same thing, but it's directed to these different audiences. Um, and, and I think this is where tools like this can be super useful. If you only have to worry about like, you know, 15 seconds, 20 seconds of fixing a few words, and then you know your content looks awesome, can reach a larger group of people, 
like that's a powerful tool to use. It's, it's going to pay dividends, um, especially if you're working with uh, brands or other companies um, and, and marketing their, their stuff on your channel. Awesome, man. Jason, where can people find this? Like where can people find out more about, um, and what's it called by the way? Yeah. So where can they find it on a secret website, deep, dark on the web? <laughs> uh, it's called Instacap, right? So like a hey, instant caption or Instagram caption, like however you want to take it. We, we went off like the instant caption. Like, can we take what you're saying, instantly caption it, give you that, um, give you that as kind of a transcript you can proofread if you will. Um, and then just bam, upload it. Uh, so instacap.io, right? So we're a tech company. We got to go with the cool like .io website. Um, so what does it's, IO mean, by the way? It means in, out, input, output. Um, so yeah, in, in computers, like in, input, output. Nah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So instacap. I used to code uh, on my uh, TI-86 uh, calculator yes i i remember making some awesome like batman graphs on uh on oh yeah t83 plus man. Oh, man. so I, mean, in, I still have that thing somewhere if if any of your listeners are interested in being one of our beta users we don't have a product out working right now today um which is sometime january i don't know when this podcast goes live maybe we will by then but if you go to instacap.io you can sign up to be a beta user and get on that that list uh, of individuals. We've got a closed Facebook group um, that once you're on that list, we'll, we'll reach out and invite you to. Um, and that's really where we're building our community and some of the feedback. So if you want to be the first group of people to like get access to this, try it out, um, give us feedback. Um, and we, we know it's not going to be perfect right out of the gate, but uh, we're going to make sure that we treat uh, those early adopters right um, and, and give them really kind of the, the reward for being uh, those those early believers and uh, providing good feedback within our community. So we're really excited. And if, if that's you, listener, um, instacap.io, sign up for um, for our, our beta list, and uh, we'll get you we'll get you onboarded. So you can try it out. It, you know, it's not going to cost you anything up front. We don't need any credit card details or anything crazy like that. So, dude, I love this. Jason, this has been really awesome, man. I appreciate that that invitation uh, for beta users. Um, if that's you, you guys, make sure that you check this thing out. Uh, we'll make sure to get a link down below um, uh, to Instacap for, for everyone to take a look at. Uh, and due diligence, check it out. See if there's something that could fit for your workflow and fit for your marketing. Um, Jason, thank you so much for coming on the show, for sharing your heart, for sharing what you're up to, uh, for kind of giving us a glimpse of, of where we should be dialed into. I really appreciate it, man. Dude, it's been my pleasure. And, you know, I, I love to see amazing content being pushed out. I, I'm, I've been a listener of your podcast for a while. I don't get every episode, um, but the episodes I've listened to have always been encouraging. So, um, yeah, thanks for having me, dude. It's, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun. I really enjoy this. It's one of the reasons I want to do podcasts in 2019. Um, so, hopefully, I'll have one out soon. Yes. And hit me up when you, if you have any questions, I'm sure you're pretty dialed into the podcast space, but if you have any questions on, uh, some of the hiccups that I've encountered along the way, you can just go ahead and listen to episode one through probably 15, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> to I'm... hear some of those, uh, some of those issues. Uh, but I'd love to share, uh, anything I got, Jason, I really appreciate you, man. Thanks dude. And, uh, thanks for having me on today. It's been fun.
Awesome. Podcast listeners, thank you so much for listening today. I honestly, you guys mean the world to me. And I and I really do mean that this podcast wouldn't exist if you weren't listening. I just need you to understand that. So thank you. Thank you so much. If you would, if you could, would you do me a favor? If this podcast has given you any energy, given you any inspiration, give you any direction, like just given you something, um, could you do one of two things? Either one, just shoot me a DM on Instagram at jbenhartley on Instagram to say like, hey man, I listen to the podcast. Thanks, because I gotta tell you guys, like I I uh, I, I love hearing from you. I love uh, hearing the who doesn't love a little bit of encouragement, right? And I'd love to continue to start the year off with a little lift to my step, a little boost, and um, and and keep serving guys. And I'd love to hear how I can make it better. And so that would be awesome to to just shoot me a DM. I'd love to talk with you guys. Uh, I'd love to hear how this podcast has helped you. That would be amazing. The other way is if you if you've just completely adored it and you want to give it a five star review over on iTunes. That would be amazing. <laughs> and the easiest way to do it is just right on your iPhone, open up the podcast app, uh, head to Six Figure Photography. I'll get a link down in the show notes for you guys to be able to do it. But if it has helped in any way and you'd like to leave a review, I read them all. I want you guys to know I read them all. You guys, until next week, keep working hard, keep loving well. See you on the next episode of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Bye-bye.